Compliment of the season. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Hello. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome again to the games we play. Uh, I, I really enjoyed our last episode on financial budgeting. Today, we're going to be speaking about boundaries and um, how to set boundaries what actually is boundary and what it is not mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't even know what it means to set boundaries and here boundaries are not we're not talking about um country boundaries now we're talking about personal boundaries so uh today we have with me with me again <laughs> it's good to have you once again thanks for having me back mm-hmm. so what do you have for us today on boundaries <laughs> uh now um Boundaries are one of my favorite topics. It's something I would say that is newer to me. I've been teaching this for about two to three years now. And it's it's something I'm very passionate about, particularly as Nigerians. And in (laughs) we are so we are so very communal. We are, you know, very family oriented. So it's very hard to separate Mm. what is mine and what is my family's and where that line lies and I found that this um, book from Henry Cloud and John Townsend it's called Boundaries really gave me a good perspective that was not telling me to oh go ignore your family and don't pretend they don't exist Mm. but at the same time do things that are good for me so I'll start with what a boundary is so a boundary, mm-hmm. and you were talking, it was really great that you talked about a country because that is really what a boundary is. A boundary is a property line that says that everything within this property belongs to someone and everything outside of the property does not belong to anyone or does not belong mm-hmm. to that particular person. So when we talk about personal boundary, that these things within this boundary are mine and everything outside is not mine. So a good example is, um, um, so a a good example that they use is um, our skin. It's the one thing that most of us can control. Everything that's within my body belongs to me. This is who I am as a person. And everything that's external to my body is not me. My children are not me. My parents are not me. I am myself. So that's one example and another important thing about boundaries is it tells you what you're responsible for so i am completely responsible for everything that Mm. goes on in my body i cannot tell somebody else outside that you are the reason why i am for example with our weight you cannot blame somebody that fed you whatever that this is the reason why you are overweight no this is your body you choose what you put inside it 
And so therefore, whatever happens within your body, you're responsible for it. Oh, so talking about like, it's a good, it's a good example to use the skin. Um, I mean, a lot of people think boundaries are what they want mm-hmm. and not um, exactly. So how do we even differentiate between um, what you want and what is actually, uh, it, what it means to set boundaries? Because some people will say, oh, I don't want this thing. So you have to, because you did it, then you have to pay for it. All of that. How do we differentiate from that? If um, if it's your choice and if it is someone else mm-hmm. encroaching into your own property. Ah, well, another thing about boundaries are yeah. they have to be enforced. Now, what happens when... Um, Okay, I have a house. I'm looking at my backyard right now. I have a fence. What happens if I see somebody jump over my fence? I I have the right to go down there mm. and say, get out of my property. And if the person does not, I have legally, at least in the country that I live in, I have a legal right to use any amount of force to get the person out of my property. One thing I have found is that a lot of people especially at least for me growing up this is me that's why it's so personal to me as a for me as a woman I was not taught to enforce my boundaries it was okay to say these are my boundaries but when it came time to actually using the word no it's not very encouraged because they'll say you're rude or they'll say you know people give you names when you give a boundary that is not to their liking and so this is part of the, this is still my boundary. And regardless of how you feel, you are not responsible for what I need. You are not responsible for what I feel is okay. So let me give you, so, so let me give you a, a little rundown of the different types of people when it comes to boundaries. So there are four types of people. There are what we call the compliance people. They ha- and this is one of the things that I am not, I am. Where... If somebody is encroaching on my time, if they're asking me to do things that are not my responsibility, but I feel like, eh, I can't say no, you know, so I always say yes to things that are not mine to do because I haven't learned how to say no. I, I, and in my case, I didn't even learn that it's okay to say that. No, I don't know. I'm not doing that. And it's not happening. Then we have avoidance. This is something, for example, I feel sometimes my mom is a little bit of, and a lot of mothers I feel are like this, where they do not know how to ask for help. They, they don't, they don't, they say no to good things. They don't know how to ask for help. Oh, mommy, do you need help doing this? Oh, no, 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 don't worry, I have it. And it's overwhelming, but they'll be like, oh, no, I cannot tell somebody to please help me. You know, I feel ashamed to say that this person mm. should really help me. You know, like, for example, it's a, it's Christmas. You know how you be cooking. That kind of cooking is just so much. We say, ah, if I go and call everybody to come and help me in the kitchen, ah, I'm not going yeah. to allow them to enjoy. But you now be sweating and suffering in that kitchen alone. That kind of thing. Then we have, <laughs> then we also have controllers. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, I've met this a lot. And in my life, it's, I have met a lot of these controllers where 
if I say no, the person is like, ha, ah, it is a challenge. I will beat down your boundary. You say you cannot do this. I will show you that you will do it. Ah, but, ah, you know, a lot of people's bosses are like this. When you say, ah, mm. I, I close my office at five o'clock. That's when the person will show up at 4.55 with the assignments for you. Yes, you need to do this. And you're like, no, I have to go home. Five o'clock mm-hmm. is five o'clock. And they just do not hear you. Mm-hmm. And then we have non-responsives where the people do not, you've given them what is needed, but they tend to neglect you. They don't respond to what is needed to you. So they don't say yes to your good things. And I see this a lot in relationships where both men and women, you see the good that you should be doing to the person that you love, either your parents or your, your spouses. But you're like, man, I'll do that one tomorrow. Your television is waiting. You know, you see your mother, she's suffering. You know she needs help. But you're like, don't worry, I'll help mommy tomorrow. Or, you know, you, you see your, maybe your wife is struggling okay. with the kids. Ah, maybe, it, you know, it comes to your mind. It's a good idea. Let me go and help her, you know, assist her with the kids, maybe so that she can do something else. Maybe she can get food ready. I'll take care of the kids. She gets the food ready. But you're like, ah, man, but this football, ah, this football is sweet. Don't worry. Next time I'll make it up to her. Now, no, I'm always talking from the feminine side because these are the things <laughs> in my experience, not necessarily. So, but, you know, it happens for the other side too. Women do this too. Also, mm-hmm. you know, their fathers or their brothers or their spouses. It's just things. So these are the types of people that we are or we meet that challenge our boundaries and we need to be more proactive in setting them. Wow, that's a breakdown. It was I, I wasn't even um, thinking in that direction because yes, I know those people exist. I can't even articulate them the way you have. And thank you very much for doing that. Um, I I would like us to talk about what boundaries are not. Yeah, we've been able to establish establish what boundaries are, but we need to talk about what they are not because there are cases where people would say, so for example, someone says, just like you said, um, you're closing at five and and your boss is bringing it, a, a, an assignment to you at 4.55 that you have to do before you leave it's it's somehow like it's not about what your boss wants it's about it's about you it's about Mm -hmm. what you what you're setting and i mean you might probably want to prepare for an exam after work maybe you have a reason for an exam and you have to get home later by six and you have to read for two mm-hmm. hours before you go to bed, stuff like that. How do you cut off those people? How do you tell them from the place of love, like, um, I'm sorry, I won't be able to do it? I mean, some people will definitely not even accept mm-hmm. it, no matter how polite you, you say it. But how do you how do you relate with them? How do you let them know that? See, it's not about what you want, but this is my own this is my own territory. This is my own time. 
you can't well it's very interesting it, i would it. say very carefully um because there are people that have i would call them different amounts of power over you so for example a boss for example a parent hmm. They, you know, they can fire you. Your parents can, you know, they're your parents. Their amount of control is very high on you. And so, but you have to negotiate Mm. that. And one thing I've found is that the more you do it, the more they expect it from you. So the more they leave you alone. So in my family, I have a particular uncle, one of my dad's junior brothers, that is very abrasive he's always has been very abrasive and um i have found that everybody because they don't want to cause a fight they just let him say whatever and like you know it hurts them what he says but they do not respond and say this thing you this thing you said hurts sometimes because if you do say it he will use that to make fun of you and he will say oh you're too soft what's your problem but after a while, because I was having mm. a lot of contact with him, it started getting too much to me. And um, I just said, you know, this is very hurtful and I need to leave. And I'll get up and leave the room. And then it was, what is wrong with you? How dare you leave? You're this stupid girl. Da, 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 da. Second time it happened. This is getting too much. It's hurting. I'm sorry. I have to leave. And I'll leave. Same thing, stupid girl, stupid girl. By the fourth time, the conversation, even before he got there, he said, uh, before mom and me will go and leave now, let me just be managing my words before she will leave. And guess what? My sisters <laughs> ask me this all the time. They're like, "He's the o- you are the only person that he does not talk that way to. It was because I had to go through that enforcing my boundaries. It was very difficult at first, but... After a while, they start expecting it from me and they leave you alone. Mm. So here's... That's quite interesting. You have to. So because you have here's the to thing. Go For me, I have to decide my gains and balances. It depends on the type of relationship I am. Because as I mentioned before, I'm an avoidant. I tend not to want to cause fights. So I try not to enforce boundaries. But I decided that the people that are closest to me, I need to enforce my boundaries with them because I stay with them longer. And here's one thing. The number one thing that happens to you when you do not enforce your boundaries is you are resentful. You are angry. You are bitter. You are resentful. And this will start poisoning all your relationships. And I decided that I love my mother. I do not want to feel resentful towards her. So I will start enforcing my boundaries so I don't feel that way. I love my sisters. I love myself. I love the people that are closest to me. So I will start doing that so that I won't be angry with them all the time because that stuff is what breaks families. People don't remember. They're just like, "Eh, you know, my uncle doesn't talk to my dad anymore. We don't know why. Everybody started, they they started taking all this bad behavior. Mm. They kept on chopping it and chopping it instead of opening up and saying that it's okay. Or on the other hand, you had a, a controller, somebody who was like, I know you are, you don't like it, but you have to take it. And because of that, the relationship got so bad, it, you know, you can't spend time with each other. So for me, I have to guard my emotional well-being. So because of that, I will go through the painful part at the beginning 
to make sure that I don't wake up one morning and I'm tired. I see a lot of people like that in my family where they took on so much burden. That is not their responsibility. Mm. How many of us, let's be honest, we're Nigerians here. How many of us mm. have relatives or are, are, ourselves paying for the children of our relatives? That should not be so. I'm sorry, it's a hard message. I have an uncle in the village. He has 40 children. 40 children, 4-0. Four 4-0. Zero. Four zero. My dad is still paying for those kids. And I'm like, that should not be so. It is his responsibility to feed his own children. It's one thing if I had this uncle maybe just happened to be laid off from his job. So you know that it's something that he could not have. It's not his fault. He got laid off. And now, you know, he's in a bad state. Absolutely. Put in, pay the school fees. But if you have an uncle, and all of us have one. You have an uncle, was never very serious, never took care of his kid, you know, didn't finish mm. school. He was the one that dropped out of school. Then went to go and marry with no job. Then went to have children with no job because he's expecting other people to help him. No, the responsibility is on his head. The Bible says, what you sow, you must reap. If he sowed that thing, if he sowed mm. it and made sure that he had those, those kids, he, it is his responsibility to take care of those kids. But what we see is that we have a lot of people reaping things that they did not sow. My dad is reaping, taking care of school fees. Now, God is blessing him. And I'll be honest, God will bless my dad because he's taking care of relatives that really he has no business doing. But nonetheless, my dad, that stress on my dad's head on my relative's head, stress on people because they are doing yeah. things that are not their responsibility to do. And ask me this. Tell me, if my dad and his brothers are taking care of this, his, their cousin, do you think that it is encouraging my, 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 their, my uncle, the one with 40 children, to ginger and, and start getting a better job? And that's the next thing you have to ask. Are you helping this person by taking care of this responsibility? Are you helping by feeding my son? My son is downstairs right now. He's seven years old by me feeding him. Am I helping him? Absolutely. But when he's 25 and he's coming to my house to eat rice, am I helping him? No, because by 25, he should be able to have his own house, feed himself and just be coming to visit me for fun. Not that he will come to my house and say, mommy, I'm hungry. I've not eaten for three days. You didn't feed me at 25. That's not appropriate. Hmm. Very true. I mean, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the times we are, as Nigerians, we're in an LD, LD relationship that's makes us not even know that okay it's all right to say see i'm not doing this i'm not going to do this i'm not going to accept this and that's that's final and then there's Ah, the there's the issue of guilt tripping you get guilt tripped by your mom or your dad oh help this person you know, it helped me when I was um I was having health condition. 
I'm like, no. Because, yes, the person helped you, but you don't have the capacity to help the person um, vi- um, back or as a as a gesture of saying thank you. It doesn't mean you transfer the responsibility down to your children, saying that, oh, because this person helped me, then you guys should try and raise um, money or raise resources to also give back mm-hmm. even when the person wasn't even asking for it and there are cases where you have to say you know what it's it's um it's just like mm-hmm. the way god blesses you to bless others so you don't the the person you're blessing doesn't necessarily have to if if we have to always pay back when others help us then we would not there'll be no um there'll be no continuity <laughs> well so the reciprocity <laughs> please thing, that's God. really interesting i personally believe that we do need to be uh, what we call reciprocity in the sense of that's how mm-hmm. humankind progresses when we help each other when you know and it, it's a lot of times we reciprocity is not always back to the exact person that helped you. Sometimes reciprocity is to the next person like you. Yeah. For example, maybe you are a Brooke student, one professor really helped Mm. you as, you know, was just watching over you while you're a student. Maybe every once in a while give you, you know, 1K, 5K here and there because you just knew that you were in trouble. The key is not to help that professor. The key is that when you two, you grow up and you see another Brooks student, you two give maybe, you know, 5K here and there just to make sure that the person finishes school. That is reciprocity. Um, mm. But I sometimes think even to giving back to the person, I feel that we take it either too, le- too little, there's some people who believe absolutely no, you've given me and that's too bad. And there's some people that take it too much. I feel that mm-hmm. you should have some guiding principles mm. to help you, um, to guide you so that your emotions don't get too much. In, in Yoruba, we call it Ojuanu, the eyes of mercy. Um, you don't let it get too far mm-hmm. to the point where you are destitute because you're helping somebody else. So for me, I have three rules. Yeah. So in, in this book, because it has I a mean... lot of rules actually, but mm-hmm. the ones that I have always used that have helped me was that sowing and reaping, meaning that is it my responsibility to reap this thing? Mm-hmm. Meaning, was I the one that was I the one that sowed this problem? Mm. If I contributed to this problem, then I should reap it. But if I did not contribute to it, then I have to ask myself if it is my responsibility to reap it. Two, mm-hmm. am I helping this person grow by helping them? And that's a very serious question because sometimes we cripple people. Yeah. Have you ever heard about the butterfly situation? So there's um, a butterfly mm-hmm. when it's it, part of his life cycle is that it is a larva. It's like a worm. So it eats a lot of leaves. Then it spins a cocoon around itself, which is like a hard shell where it changes into becoming the butterfly. 
Now, the cocoon, so when it's ready to come out of the butterfly, it now has to fight mm. and struggle to get out of its cocoon. Now, a lot of people, especially children, they see it struggling. They're like, oh, no, 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 let me help this butterfly. So they cut a hole for it and open and let it fly out. But what they find out is that when they do that, the butterfly flies for two seconds and falls down and dies. Why? Because somehow nature has created it such that it is in that fighting to get out of that cocoon that it builds its muscles so that when it now comes out, the muscles that it needs to fly, it has already strengthened them by fighting to get out of the cocoon butterfly the cocoon so sometimes some people are prevent people from mm. being beautiful butterflies by helping them too early now if you ask me what can that child do to help that butterfly mm. give it a leaf you see giving the, a butterfly leaf a, a, a cocoon leaf yes it makes it very fat it makes it very healthy that is going to help it grow but by opening the thing and reducing their struggle sometimes that doesn't help so you have to ask yourself, are you helping? Then the third lesson is, um, is the first one was helping. Is it making them grow? Well, I've forgotten the third one. When I remember it, I'll remember it. But those, yeah. but those, but those two really, <laughs> a lot of times yeah. you ask yourself when you're helping somebody, once you've vetted those two, sometimes you're like, no. This is not helping the person at all. So you always have to check the seed. Mm -hmm. That seed, is it from me? Is the seed from me? If it's not, then... But also, I, but I just not that one, second one too. Because there are some things that are a form of generosity. And I'll give you two examples. I'll give you an example yeah. of something that recently happened. Um, I Like I mentioned in my previous one, I'm very stingy. So everybody out here, I'm pretty stingy, but my husband <laughs> is on the more generous side. So I have learned that sometimes when he brings up some a form of generosity that, um, you know, I should look at it, but I also give that caution. So a couple of years ago, there was a friend of ours that he lost his job. Now, was this something that we did? Um, oh, and I remember the third one. We didn't do it. We had no responsibility no. in him losing his job or anything. So it's not our burden. However, I asked, will this help him grow? Now, one thing I found out was that, you know, it's a, he lost his job. And if he got kicked out of his house, you, you know, it, it causes that snowball thing where you lose your house and you lose your card and you lose your this and you lose your that. But sometimes you just need somebody to tidy over for like one month or two months before you get back on your feet. And we, I, I looked at his situation and it was yeah. that. Then this was the third yeah. one. The Bible talks about in two different places. One, it says every man should carry his load. And then somewhere, somewhere else, it also says bear each other's burdens. And we think that they, they're like, ah, aren't you saying the same? You're saying opposite things. No. The Greek word for burden is like a mountain. It's something that is so heavy that one person cannot carry it alone. But then when it says everybody should bear their own load, it means like your backpack. It's something that you have the ability to carry by yourself. You know, your, your, your school bag. Nobody should be carrying your school bag for you. I, you know, it's ridiculous. So, so the third, so I also applied that <laughs> third one. 
where I was like, is this a mountain that is too heavy for him right now? Or is this a backpack that he can easily handle by himself? And I found out that this is a, is a mountain. He lost his job. It's something that he cannot handle. This is where you need people to come around you and help you. So we helped him. But here's another thing. After a while, it ended up that his community came together, not just us, but a bunch of us in church came together and we started funding him. But what started happening was because, I, at least this is my assumption now, I'm not in his life, I don't know. But because people started you know, giving him money and anytime there's a problem, people started giving him money. He started becoming irresponsible with money. So every three months, oh, I'm getting evicted. He got a new job, same salary. It was a very good job. He's an engineer, very good job. But then every three, four months, he's like, oh, you know, um, I, I, I'm getting evicted. Why? Oh, you know, please, somebody should help me with money. Somebody should help me with money. He just kept on getting into that habit. And then I started saying, hmm, this thing is no longer helping him. He's actually getting weakened. So recently my husband came again and said, oh, this person yeah. needs money because they got they lost their old apartments. They need a new place to stay and they need the deposit. And I was like, I prayed about it. And I was like, no, we should not do I'm not doing it. I don't think this is going to help. I think they need to learn that they need to be self-sufficient. And it so and, and it so ended up that the situation was yeah. actually a bad one. It was almost a scam for them. So the, we, we, we would have lost our money as well. And so, yeah. So at the end of the day, oh. you have to be careful. Yeah. And you have to make sure yeah. that you don't weaken them. So you see that first example was good, but the second one was not. And it's sometimes it's the same person. Yeah. True. So in a case where um you are how do you set how do you set boundaries for someone that that maybe you're in a mutual agreement and let's even say like mm. in, a, in a love relationship where maybe the person likes to likes to um do their things in a certain way like i don't like <laughs> i don't like the oh, okay those are mine the <laughs> <laughs> so do we say that's boundary i mean like it's it's yo it's you you guys properties like both of you have the same thing but but then the person doing it a certain way is does it does yes and no any form of boundary? one of the laws of boundaries is also that you have to receive other people's boundaries so when another person comes to you and says eh, this thing is the way I'm doing it. Sometimes you have to say, okay, you know, you are, you are your own autonomous being too, and I cannot force you to do anything. So I will have to respect that. And that's one thing that I see a lot in Nigeria too, where we try and use guilt trips to force other people to do things that we want them to do. And, um, you know, you, have, mm. you just have to say that this, so let me work with a, 
dating relationship and then a marriage relationship. Now, a dating relationship, that's a little bit easier because if some things are really deal breakers, you can say, oh boy, this stuff isn't working out. I think it would be best to be separate. But with marriage, you know, you're kind of stuck. And so, and you know, you're there when you're there. So whether you mm-hmm. talked about your boundaries before or not, you're there. And somebody squeezing toothpaste in a nasty way. <laughs> um you it's still so that's another call that's another discussion it's not necessarily boundaries but it's about communication it's about um and and this was something i, I mm. saw once which was really fun and um, i'm i'm not very good at practicing it yet but it's there where they call it the stages of escalation so the first time and really, let's be honest, I'm not certain for me, toothpaste doesn't matter so much. It's not a big deal. But there are some things that are big deals for people. For example, like cleanliness. The cleanliness of your house might matter. And when somebody's scattering it up and down, you know, it's, it really matters. Or, you know, just there are so many different behaviors that, you know, a spouse can do that will really annoy you. So you first start with, I really don't like this thing. Yeah. I really don't like it. It bothers me. Here is why. The next step after that is, okay, what do you need from me so that I can help you, so that I can get you to do this thing? So a lot of times, like, um, in, for example, somebody's scratching their clothes all around. Maybe the person will say, well, if there's a um, basket, if maybe there's a basket, I can yeah. be throwing my clothes in there and it will make the place neat. So, you know, it might just be a simple solution that might, you know, help them help you. But then if, let's say, you got the baskets for them and they are still throwing clothes everywhere outside of the basket, and you'll be like, guy, I told you about this thing. You know it hurts my feelings. You know that it's work for me. I gave you everything that you needed to make sure that it can be done and you're still not doing it. If you do not do this, here is what is going to happen. So you tell them a consequence that is going to happen. Mm. And sometimes the consequence is not necessarily vengeful. The consequence might just be like, I'll be sad. And I will always be sad. And there's nothing you can do that will make me happy. Like, it's not a, it's not like, yeah, I will show you, I will pinch you when you're sleeping. No, it could be just a natural consequence. Or, you know, if the person is always leaving dirty dishes up and down, they're like, I will, uh, if you don't do this thing, I will leave these dishes and somebody's going to get sick you know, things. So, and then when mm. the person doesn't do it, then you enforce the consequence at 10. The problem is a lot of people stay at one or they jump straight to 10. They don't even go through any of the whole process to go up to that 10. They are, you know, so, but yeah, when it comes to two yeah. people, it's a serious negotiation, but sometimes, you know, there are some things that are not your job to do. So I'll give you one example, a personal one, which my husband might find very interesting. <laughs> so my, my husband drives <laughs> a bit fast. And, um, you know, I, and like I mentioned, I usually do the budgeting. It's, you know, it's, it's just my, it's my interest. So he mm. got a ticket and he was like, oh, you know, paid. So before I used to just pay it and not think about it. But then after, but I, I started getting resentful and that's my sign for me. I started feeling very annoyed. I'm like, yeah, the one that got the ticket, why am I the one going to the website, going to the off police station to go and pay you or something? Like, why should I? It's not my response. I did not sow this. So I started getting angry. And that was my son. 
<laughs> so I said, I told him, I was like, you need to go and pay your ticket yourself. And he's like, and the first thing, funny enough, his first response was anger and guilt. He was like, ah, ah, you've always been doing it before. You know, you're being selfish. Like, it's not a big deal for you to do it. What I realized was that he just woke up in the morning and he saw the <laughs> ticket paid. He did not see the time I took. I would read up the requirements, read up the dates that you need to go to the police station to do it, read up everything. And, you know, I will be doing, so I'll spend hours on this thing, but he won't see it. So he thinks it's easy. So, and I really felt bad. I, ve- I felt mm. very guilty. I felt like, you know, I'm not being a good wife. I'm not being helpful, but I stood by my three rules. I did not sew it. Therefore, I should not repeat. I was not the one that was speeding. He's the one who should take the responsibility of it. Two, me helping him. I don't think he has helped him understand the yeah. system of the law, of how, you know, the regulations and all those things that you're supposed to know. I don't think I helped him. And third, it is a knapsack. Yeah. It's just a ticket. It's just, you know, go and pay so, so, so amount. It's something that is very easy. It was not burdensome. It's not something that you need a whole community to come and help you with. So, you know, it's, and in a sense, it's a minor thing, but I would tell you the guilt yeah. I felt it was, it took me like three days to get over that guilt. I felt like a horrible wife. But guess what? <laughs> After he was uh, very annoyed at me, he went, he paid the ticket. He realized that there's a class he has to take so that, you know, and he did the class. He paid wow. the ticket. The money left his bank account. It was paining him. Guess what? He has, he has not had a ticket since. <laughs> wow so it had to it's, it's yeah. a process and you just have yeah. to go through it that's mm-hmm. just a, it's a process I, I, and I mean it's um, it's also a way to I feel like it's another it's another way something to like that someone, but it's a tough love it's something that our father's but, it's something that our fathers yeah. tend to it do for us. If you have love. good fathers, it's something that our fathers tend to do for us, but our mothers, not so much. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to act that that was always on our neck, like you have to finish your assignment, you have to do it in a certain way, and it always turns down, like, if there's nothing that you do, if there is a small omission, it just tells you, it just tells you no. Like, it, it, it's not complete. It's not complete. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have your mark. And, you know, it looks like the bad lecturer then. To be honest with you, uh, I'm out of school now and I've, I'm referring back to the guy like, Oh my God, this guy made us to do this. And this is what's mm-hmm. helping us today. Because these are lecturers that will tell you you have to read your note from beginning to the end, like from one ad mm-hmm. cover to the other. <laughs> and he meant it like when you get to the exam all, there is there is no single um, topic that he has taught you in class that you will meet in the exam hall. So you have to read. You have to read from one end to the other. 
without missing anything. So I think over time, boundaries are good and you don't get to see the mm-hmm. benefits immediately. But over time, it helps you and the person and maybe even the people around you because I, I feel like it also shapes the the behavior around you. You teach people how to you. treat you. you. You don't... Mhm, mhm. I think I think that's that's just it. Protecting your emotions, uh, getting the kind of vibes that you want, and not uh, people trying to um, enforce their own yeah. vibe on you. you because there's some people, their vibe, the, the vibes they have, they match with yours. So it's okay. There's no enforcing of anything. It it just works. But there are some other people that yeah. their vibes yeah. don't go so well with you and you'll now be it's almost like you I call it dishonoring yourself you'll be dishonoring yourself so much just to please this person but you never get it back like you never feel that satisfaction back and so you're always like when will I get you always have this feeling of when will I get my mm. turn when will it be my own turn when will I you know and it's mm. called that thing that causes resentment so yeah yeah it's it's actually true. And I would say that we need to understand how like what how we how we set our boundaries if we are the type that likes to make sure that something doesn't happen because when it happens it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't end well. So if it's something you can actually avoid before time, then you should you should definitely avoid it. If it's something that you think you can control when it has That's happened, really hard. then... That's hard. So, um, uh, particularly in relationships <laughs> with people, I've learned the hard way, unfortunately, that if you do not do it early, it will take mm-hmm. an act of God to do it late. It, it's like, um, and I hate to oh. use this, you know, if there's a guy that's, you know, like this, just leave him, don't even bother staying with him, okay? But if there's a guy that is shouting at you, like you were dating him and he's shouting at you, and immediately you're like, absolutely not, please do not raise your voice at me. I cannot stand it, I cannot take it. From the first date, guess what? Chances are, he will never raise his voice at you because from the very beginning, you were like, don't do it, don't even do it. If you do it, I'm gone. But then if you're not like, oh, please, you know, don't raise your voice, but he's shouting at you and you're still there. The guy will feel like, oh, yeah, okay with it. And then if now, after like six years of marriage, you're not like, I can't handle you shouting at me. You'll be like, uh-uh, what is, what is all this? Like, you know, you've been taking it, you know, it'll be hard for him to not yeah. stop that behavior then. So it's the same way, yeah. like, and I, yeah. I see that thing also with rude oh. people. I find out that people who are rude are very selective. You know, there are some people that they feel free and they can go and be rude with. But if you check them from the beginning, They'll behave when they're around you. Yeah, yeah. So you just you just have to set, set it, right. it and enforce you just have it. To set it right. If not, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow! Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful evening again with you. Ah, oh, I hope everybody listening to this would, um, one way or the other understand how to 
how to set the boundaries with love. It's not oh, about... Oh, can I say one more thing? Um, Sorry. Yeah, I you was can just reading have... one thing. Yes, please. And I wanted Go to ahead. just ro- rule out three rules, three myths about boundaries that I forgot to mention. One is, is people say that, oh, if I set boundaries, I'm going to lose love, especially in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship where they're like, oh, like I remember my little sister, she's going to be mad at me, her very first boyfriend, she's, um, she decided that she was not going to kiss her boyfriend, right? So when she was in like SS2, she had her very first boyfriend and she told the guy like, I'm not going to kiss you. And the guy broke up with her immediately. And, you know, and people are afraid <laughs> to set those kind of boundaries because they feel like, oh, I'm, I'm going to lose my boyfriend. I'm going to lose my girlfriend. But here's the thing. The guy didn't really like you. Because if he did, he would stay or he would find some kind of compromise or he would, you know, he would negotiate that there's something that can go. But if you lose that love or that relationship or that parent or that friend because you did a boundary, they were not connected to you. Then another one is people say, oh, I'm hurting people because I am doing a boundary, you know, oh, like, you know, I'm not giving this person money, so I'm hurting them. No, boundaries are not, it's, defensive it's not an offensive weapon and finally one thing i have found is that a lot of people say that oh it's because you're angry they are setting these boundaries but i'm like no actually boundaries help you feel less angry like sometimes while you make the decision at the moment you know when you're like for example when my uncle is making spouting out whatever he wants to say at the moment yes i'm feeling angry i'm feeling hurt but the difference between him and the rest of my family is when i walk out that room my emotions are gone. But everybody that sat in that room listening to him and have him hurt them for three days, one week, two years, they're still talking about this thing that he said that is pinning them. I didn't hear any of that. So I actually have less anger towards mm. him than they do. So by enforcing your boundaries, you are not angry. You're actually protecting it so that you're less angry. So those, that's all I had to say. Yeah. Oof. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's it's really a good evening again, talking about boundaries and how to go around it and what it is and what it's not. I hope that in this new year that we are moving into, we learn our lessons from <laughs> all the past experiences that we've had and how to control these things because i mean even if you're setting new um resolutions there are some boundaries that you have to set as well for you to be able to reach that goal that you set for yourself for 2021 yeah and i i see i see setting boundaries as one of the things that would help in growing as well uh, personally it's when you have the right mm-hmm. emotions it helps you to grow um, yes and boundaries in are internal as well as external so, so you have a boundary to yourself if you say i'm not going to eat that thing mm-hmm. i'm not going to eat it and you keep your boundary to yourself i'm going to exercise and i'm going to do this i'm going to yeah. do it i'm going to study i will that's a boundary too yeah yeah you set your goals and you'll be able to achieve it when you set your mind at it. Oh, wow. Thank you, you are so welcome. Me. Have, Have a, a great evening. Thank evening. you.
Yeah.